We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey and this is the first time I've smiled today. Why? Because being a social media manager and a person is kind of hard. I forget to even announce that I've got Jessica here with me today. Jessica, how are you? I'm saying social media is quite different these days. <laughs> it is. September is Self-Care Awareness Month, okay? And so for this month, we actually chose to do a social media mental health focus for the month. So we could say that it's for you, listeners, but honestly, it's more for us. <laughs> we are all kind of struggling with staying sane right now with social media. And so we're hoping that we can create some content that is going to help others. Right, Jessica? Yes, definitely more for us. But hopefully you guys will have value. And hopefully, if you guys are in this struggle, that we can help you with some tips and some strategies. A little while ago, Jessica, you wrote a blog post that had a lot to do with introspection and kind of setting up your day's schedule based on your energy levels. And so we wanted to kind of revisit that idea with a topic on introspection. So how are we going to stay sane as social media managers? What are you going to teach us today? Yeah, so I have been thinking a lot about this, you know, being a social media manager, just with everything that's going on. It's been difficult. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been kind of hard and it's been weird. It's been a weird world to navigate. So, but I put together three helpful steps that I think will help people navigate and just kind of get more in tune with how you're feeling with everything. And then some action steps that you can take to feel better, just to feel a little bit more positive with everything going on. Okay. Well, let's start with step number one that you have on the list. So step number one is start by being really aware of your energy, kind of what is your baseline energy on a day-to-day -day basis. So for instance, I'm, I'm usually pretty positive, pretty optimistic. So I know if I feel anxious or if I feel down, I know something's off. And so that's kind of a sign to me, okay, let's look at my habits. Let's, you know, see what I'm doing to find out why I'm feeling down or I'm feeling off. But it's all about taking just a baseline inventory about like, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Are you feeling down? Are you feeling positive? And I think that's the first place to start if you aren't already aware of your energy, just to see where you are at right now. Do you have any specific behavior patterns that, you know, that help allow you to check in with your feelings? Because what I find sometimes with myself is that I distract myself so often through the day that it's hard for me to even be aware from hour to hour what I'm feeling because I'm just distracting myself with social media, with Netflix, with snacks. That's probably my number one distraction. <laughs> yes. For me, it's usually in the morning. That's a good time for me to take inventory about how I'm feeling. So if I'm feeling like stressed or anxious, that's usually a good clean slate to see kind of where I'm at in the morning and then meditation as well. So if I can get meditation in sometime throughout my day, 
when I'm calm, when I'm still, when I'm not on my phone, that's a good time too where I feel like my intuition or I feel like my emotions kind of bubble up a little bit and I kind of feel like, okay, I'm feeling stressed right now. Like, why am I feeling stressed? So those are usually my go-tos for like getting a pulse on my energy. Would you say in the morning, do you feel like you have a little bit more of a clean state of energy? You know, I actually almost feel opposite. Like my clean slate is kind of in the evening. I have generalized anxiety on, you know, on a day-to-day basis that I take medication for. And so I almost always without fail will feel anxious in the morning. So that's kind of my normal. So what I end up doing is I try to really set aside a little bit of that time in the morning to just be with that feeling and like just tell myself, okay, this is the feeling that I have, you know, it's here, I move past it, but I try to limit the amount of stimulus that I'm giving myself during that time of the morning because if I stay with the feeling, it has a little bit less control over me. Does that make sense? Yes, I love that. So you already know kind of your baseline. You tend to be a little bit more anxious, kind of just even in your baseline kind of emotional state. Would you say that when you feel extra stress, you can kind of feel an additional layer on top of that baseline? Yes, and I can almost feel it in my breath. I know we're going to talk about that a little more through this, but like my ability to actually be present enough to take deep, long breaths, if I find myself almost unable to sit with myself, for the amount of time that it takes to, you know, take a few intentional breaths, then I know that there's something going on. You know, I might need a nap today. I might need to exercise. But yeah, being present with that, limiting my stimulus in the morning so that I can be present with it. And your note about meditation, I have commitment issues. So I like have been wanting to build a meditation habit for years, right? And so about a year ago, somebody brought up the idea to me, what if you could commit to three seconds of meditation every day? And so I call them micro meditations. And so anybody who follows me on Instagram might see that like almost every day I do this just like one breath in an Instagram story. And those are my micro meditations. And those I can commit to three seconds every day. (laughs) And I think it makes a difference. I really do. Yes, I love that. And I love seeing your stories. I like seeing like you're in different places too, which is super cool. Yeah, I think meditation is great. I know like 10 minutes sounds really overwhelming to people like starting out or just anybody. So I really like that, that you've committed to doing it for three seconds. Any meditation is better than no meditation at all. So I think that's such an awesome idea. And from my experience, anytime that you put a micro investment into anything, that three seconds turns into 10, turns into 30, turns into 120. 20, you know? So like today in my like little morning reflection journal, I said how I was feeling and one thing I wanted to do today. And my one thing I wanted to do was five minutes of meditation. So I'm working my way up. (laughs) I love it. I will say meditation. I've started doing it almost daily, I think for the past year and a half. And especially now, just in the whole chaos of the world, it has been like my saving grace. Like that has just helped me. It just calms me down. And it's just like a vacation for my brain for like 10 minutes. I don't have to think about everything I have to do, all those random thoughts. It's just like so calming. And I just feel so, so grounded and relaxed afterwards. So it's been amazing. So for anyone who hasn't tried meditation, start out for, you know, three seconds and start somewhere because the benefits are just amazing. And I think that that leads really well into step number two. So why don't you talk about step number two for a minute? 
So step number two is knowing the emotional signs or even emotional flags to look for. These are more so negative emotions. So are you feeling anxious, depressed, burnt out? These are kind of signs that if you're feeling these on a pretty consistent basis, that is telling to see like maybe you should look at your habits. Maybe you should check how much time you're spending on social media. So this happens to me when I think it's from just you see a notification or you see a comment, you see a like, and you just kind of get this, you inhale for a bit and then you never end up exhaling. So you just have a bunch of little inhales. And then I think that's what causes the shortness of breath. It's so funny that you say it because I almost thought that it was something that was just me was like, I notice in myself what I would call very shallow breathing when I am in kind of the rabbit holey stage, you know, where I'm going from notification to notification to, oh, I should share that to my story to, oh, I need to do, you know, and it's this kind of never ending trail that, like you said, I don't think I ever take a big breath. My breath stays so shallow. I think part of the reason, too, might be because of the body position that I'm in. I'm a little bit concaved, right? My shoulders are a little bit hunched. My chin is down. And so my airway actually is not as open as it would be if I was sitting up straight. And I think that might have something to do with it, too. But that is one of the biggest signs that I notice is when I feel like I haven't taken a real breath in a while. Isn't that sad? <laughs> It's really sad. And it's like, oh, man, that's to me when I start to get the shortness of breath, that's like, okay, red flag is up. We need to take a break because I know the next phase is probably going to be like burnout. Like it's just going to get that's like the first like major sign. Like you need to take a break or this is going to get out of control. Like you sure you're going to get really burnt out. Do you talk to yourself like, okay, Jess, we need a break. Like, what do you what do you what <laughs> I do? Definitely you say? do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally talk to myself like, Jess, okay, let's put the phone down. Let's go for a walk, mm -hmm. get you a snack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I find too that like, let's say that I am in that space where I've got that shortness of breath and I might do a micro meditation then, right? I'm like, okay, oh my God, just put your phone down. And so I put my phone down and I take a big breath and then I try to wait and watch what thoughts start coming because that's what kind of helps me be aware of what emotions I'm actually feeling. If I can start watching the thoughts that are coming into my head after I'm done, are they comparative thoughts? Are they what I need to do? Are they what I could have done differently? Those tell me a lot about how I'm actually feeling. Ooh, I love that. I've actually never done that before. I think I'll definitely try that because Usually when I get the shortness of breath, I'll just put my phone down and like switch to a different activity. And I know it's bad, but I don't necessarily know exactly why I'm feeling so bad. So that might be really helpful for me to try out just to see like, what are those first couple emotions or first couple of thoughts that come to the surface right then? Maybe one of my worst times, I feel like I was in that space, really anxious going through the rabbit hole of Instagram. And I stopped, I put my phone down. I was like, okay, I'm going to do my five minutes of meditation right now. During my five minutes of meditation with my phone down, I accidentally picked it up twice. I planned a post and stories about what I would say about my meditation and, you know, I didn't actually follow through with it. Okay. <laughs> but like, that's what was happening. That's how trained my brain was on continuing that. 
the thought crossed your mind on meditating. So I will give you credit for <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. I will accept <laughs> that credit. The scary thing is like habits are so powerful. And I feel like as social media managers, we have all of these habits just as well. We can unlearn these habits. You know, it will take some time and some discipline, but you know, it's all about once you get a good, healthy habit, I think just for all of us as social media managers, I think it'll be a much healthier relationship with social media. So then take us into step number three. Up until this point, like you're feeling off, you know the signs. Now it's time to set some necessary boundaries so you can start feeling better. So for me, this is distancing myself from social media. And obviously it's hard as a social media manager, that's my job, but I think you can be strategic with it and implement some of these boundaries. So what I love to do is the weekends are usually good for me to take a full digital detox. So sometimes I'll even delete Instagram off of my phone over the weekends because I know that habit is there and I don't have enough willpower to fight through that. So I'll just delete Instagram entirely from my phone just for the weekend. And that usually makes me feel better just taking a full two day break. Also locking up my time during the week, being very structured with my social media activities. That's the time that I feel the most sane is when I have properly done this step. Yes. So you get a post out for a client, you mentally put a block. Okay, this is going to take me 15 to 20 minutes. And then we're going to move on to maybe 20 minutes of community management and like block off time to kind of put some parameters because, you know, social media, you can get distracted and you can end up going down the rabbit hole scrolling for an hour and you didn't even know. So that has been really helpful, just, you know, setting some boundaries, taking breaks throughout the day. Let's say you get a post up, then you go for a walk and come back to do some more social media work. That has been very helpful. And then the last thing is not checking my phone for 30 minutes after I wake up and then not checking it 30 minutes before bed. And then even more putting my phone in another room that has really helped me a lot. Yes, I think that there is something very special about disidentifying from your devices and your profiles. We have them as a constant companion all the time. We have them with us. Where's my phone? Did I bring my phone? What's my volume set at? Blah, blah, blah. Did it buzz? Did it? What kind of buzz was it? You know, we have this constant, almost codependent relationship with our devices and our accounts and our profiles. There is something about keeping it away from you at morning and night that allows you to have an identity without it. You know, you're just Jessica without it. A hundred percent. Once you pick up your phone, you're reacting to everything. Mm, you yes. have less control on the notifications. They're there. You have to deal with them. You have to react. So having 30 minutes to maybe meditate in the morning or just have kind of a calm morning can help you control your emotional state and just help you be in more control. And then kind of once you've given yourself some love, some attention, then you can take on the world and then you can check your notifications and react from there. But I think there's something, yeah, really special about just having some of that me time before you go into the social media world. I agree. And one, I want to give a couple comments back to when you were talking about blocking out time. I am a really super visual person too. 
So when I am the most productive, efficient, and happy with my work, I create in my calendar those blocks. You know, I'm like, okay, I need to finish these eight things today. This one's going to take 20 minutes. This one's going to take 30 minutes. This one's going to take 15 minutes. And then I put them into my calendar because then they're a physical thing. They're real to me. And if I don't do it during that time, I have to drag it and drop it to another place. And setting that boundary, making it a visual thing that I can see and accomplish makes me much better at actually following that intention that I had set to keep those tasks done in a certain amount of time. Absolutely. I love time blocking. And other thing, too, I like about time blocking is I'm sure you've heard that quote where a task will take as long as the time you give it. Mm-hmm. So with with time blocking, so let's say you have a wide open day and you have three things to accomplish. Chances are you will take all day to accomplish those three things. Right. So if you only allow yourself 30 minutes, you will get it done in 30 minutes and then you can move on with your day. So I think there's something psychological too about time blocking. So with those good boundaries in mind, there are a couple other tips that you wanted to go over that I like very much. So can you take us through those last couple tips that you have here? This has really helped me over the years. I'm someone who gets really caught up in the numbers of like, okay, I grew my client's account by X followers today or, you know, average of X number of likes. So I get really caught up and I know that about myself. So What's really helped me is just becoming really good at analyzing the metrics and the performance of an account. So let's say an account isn't growing as fast as I would like it. I can look at the account and see and just get really good at analyzing. Okay, I don't think this account is growing because of X, Y, Z. And then coming to my client with letting them know about this and then also providing a solution and reasoning behind my solution and then an opportunity to test it. And clients are very open to this. I've never had a client who, you know, wasn't receptive to this idea. Just as long as you come fully prepared, you're very thoughtful and you have reasoning behind why your account isn't growing as fast as you would like it, clients are very open to this. So that's really helped me just not get like really caught up and like, oh no, I'm not growing this client's account and you know, my true worth. Yeah. I like to be the first one to say that I'm disappointed. You know what I mean? Like if between me and the client, I'd like to beat them to like, I'm disappointed in the growth that we've been able to achieve so far. You know, if I can beat them to that, that I feel like I'm in a little bit more control of the situation. I don't know if that's real or not. (laughs) No, I love that. And I think that's proactive. And I think clients definitely appreciate that. And you know, what's funny is I'm realizing I am probably more nitpicky about metrics than any of my clients anyways. Mm -hmm. I feel like clients, most of the clients I've worked with aren't super nitpicky. A bit like, oh no, they're just happy for growth or they're just happy for, you know, somebody else handling it. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Okay, good. What's the next tip? So the next tip is taking breaks from my personal social media channels. Now, I know this sounds pretty counterintuitive as a social media manager, but I'm on social media all day long for clients. So I really don't like to spend a lot of time on my personal accounts. That would just be 24-7 nonstop. So I'm not as active on my personal platforms, but this has given me a break, you know, 
granted, I do have some really solid case studies. I have a great portfolio. I have example accounts. So it's really never been a problem. I can show that I know what I'm doing, but that has just really helped me just like not being on it 24 seven. And like, just cause it's my job, it's not as fun <laughs> when you're on your personal account. Gosh, isn't it so much harder to do your personal accounts anyway? Because I find myself taking a big break from them anytime that I'm going through some sort of like inner transformation too. Like all of COVID has felt like this to me. It's like I'm changing so much internally and at such a rapid pace that I can't imagine how I can properly reflect that on my social media channels. (laughs) Totally. And I feel like for me, I'm more of a private reserved person. So I feel like it's harder for me to put out personal content. I mean, I'm sure I can work on that, but it's just like, I'm always kind of overanalyzing it. Like, am I sharing too much? Like, what are people going to think of this post? So I always get caught up in that. It's so funny, us social media managers, like we're so good at storytelling and getting to the heart of a story and sharing it. But like when it's our own story, we just can't quite commit. I can look at someone else and I can go, wow, I can tell their story so well. And thinking about how to do it for myself, it feels like an impossible mountain to climb. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. Like, I've honestly been considering, like, outsourcing my my personal social media. (laughs) Maybe we should switch. I'll do yours. You do mine. (laughs) Yes. Because it's just something about, like, being so close to it in your brand. It's just, like, really daunting for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, it totally is. Okay. Well, now that we've gone through that, let's talk about the last tip that you have here. So the last tip is, you know, social media is, it's a wonderful career choice. I really do like being a social media manager, but I know if it's just getting too much for you, especially with this, with 2020, it's been really tough as a social media manager because social media encompasses a lot, content writing, graphics, you know, photos, project management. Like there's so many different facets of being a social media manager. If it's just getting too much for you and just on a day-to-day basis, you're just depressed, you're not happy for a long period of time, I would recommend maybe getting creative and like figuring out which facet of social media you really love. So let's say you love writing copy. Maybe you could be a social media copywriter and not have to deal with the optimization or, you know, the posting for a client. Or, you know, maybe you like project management and you, know, you don't want to be on that forefront, but you do want to like have your hand in creating some content and managing accounts. So I think you can get really creative and there's so many job opportunities for these different facets as well. So, you know, get creative, you know, it is a lot of responsibility, but just make sure, you know, you're happy in the career choice that you're making and don't be afraid to get creative. You always have options, you know, you do. You always have options. You're never stuck, really. You can tell yourself you're stuck all you want, but you're not ever. You always have power and you always have choice. And, you know, one thing that I can say is that I did things on my own for so long, you know, for like six years on my own without having a team. It's a hard place to be like freelance or your own, you know, independent contractor. And there is something kind of nice about having a team. You know, at Spry, we went from having one person manage an account to having two people manage an account together, like a strategist and a project manager. And now we're considering changing that to three people per team with a strategist, a project manager and a writer. Like you can always adapt. And if you're feeling alone and siloed, 
having a team of some sort, you know, partnering up, teaming up with people, that sense of community is almost always going to bring you some peace as well. Yeah. And it kind of just spreads around the responsibility because I know if anyone's like me and you just get really caught up in the metrics, takes a little bit of that weight off of your shoulders and like, okay, you know, it's not completely my fault. You know, you're spreading it around and collaborating with people. You're spreading the blame. <laughs> yes. It's not my fault. It's your fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is that what's going to happen when we switch and I do your personal brand, you'll do mine and we'll both be like, it's your fault. Jessica. Like, Lacey, I'm, you're not growing my followers. It's your fault. <laughs> and then I'll tell you, why don't you go meditate for a few minutes and see what emotion comes up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Jessica, thank you for doing some introspection on this. I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel some harmony with what we're talking about here. They're going to feel like this reflects what's happening in their life. So I hope this is helpful. At the end of every Spry Space podcast episode, I like to talk about somewhere interesting you've been working as a an all remote team at Spry. Sometimes we are working in interesting places. So where have you been working lately? My boyfriend is a videographer and he had a video shoot out in Newport, Oregon. And so I decided to tag along and we got an Airbnb right on the beach. And um, it was so cute and so fun. And a couple of the days I just like sat out on the beach and just worked from my laptop. Oh, that's and it was so a nice, cool. It was so much fun. It was just such a nice change of pace. And I love the beach. It's definitely my happy place. So it was so fun. Isn't there such amazing perspective that can come from the ocean? <laughs> Yes. I could just watch the waves for hours and hours. Like it's so relaxing. I feel like being able to just see that far of like the earth allows your problems to feel much smaller. Oh, for sure. And you're like distracted by like just this beautiful body of water. Definitely. Okay, wonderful. Well, if you enjoyed this and you want to keep following along, we are going to be talking about social media manager mental health all through September. So next week, we will have Amber on talking about some boundaries, like really good boundaries that you can set for good work-life balance as a social media manager, as a mom, as a wife, as a girlfriend, as a plant mom, as a dog mom, <laughs> just setting good boundaries to make sure you have good work-life balance. Okay, Jessica, if they wanted to hear more of this, where can they find us? They can find us at thinkspry.com. And we're also on all social media platforms at thinkspry. Okay, wonderful. We hope you have a great rest of your day. We hope you have a great rest of your evening, your laundry folding, whatever you're doing while you're listening to us. We hope that you keep learning and we will talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.